Hey coaches, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Amazon's audiobook website, Audible. Audible is a monthly subscription for audiobooks. They've worked with us and are giving you coaches one month of their subscription site and an audiobook of your choice absolutely free. All you got to do is go to rtpbook.com and sign up for Audible. They'll give you an audiobook and a free month subscription upon sign up. You can cancel at any time before paying a dollar and still keep the audiobook as a gift from them. Audible has top-selling audiobooks that are great for coaches. Right now, I'm listening to Gary Vaynerchuk's Ask Gary and Sam Sheridan's A Fighter's Mind during my morning workouts, and they've both been tremendous books so far. It's great for me because when you're a coach, you have very limited time to sit down and read, so you can really multitask with Audible, and it's a great change-up for me from listening to music while I work out. Again, go to rtpbook.com to claim the free audiobook of your choice. Head over to the RTP store. We have two designs as t-shirts, long sleeves, and hoodies. We have our Run the Power and our Will Block for Food designs available. Go get yours today under the store tab at runthepower.com. Now you can run the power in any weather. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents, guaranteed. Go check them out at their website, teamattackacademy.com. On this episode of the podcast, we talk with Richie Leone, former punter for the University of Houston and BC Lions of the CFL, where he was an all-star and led the league in punting with a 50-yard average. Leone was also in several NFL camps with the Ravens, Steelers, and Cardinals. But for all you RTP fans, he's most famously my college roommate. Listen as we talk with Richie about punter and kicker development, the use of outside kicking specialists and instructors to enhance your kicking game, and the importance of field position in football. You can follow Leone on Twitter, at RichieLeone15, and coaches, punters, and kickers can contact Coach Leone about getting some off-season work and development done. Hope you guys enjoy. Sweet. Uh, we've got uh, Richie, and I'm going to say it wrong because I don't know that I ever learned it for sure. Is it Leone or Leone? Because I think we made fun of you for it all the time, uh, and we and I don't think I ever learned it. Um, so how, how is the correct back from the native tongue of the last name? <laughs> well, it's your show, so you can say it however you, however you want. I thought our friendship was greater than um, – than that but yeah it's leone as you know i'm italian and um it's always been leone it's been leone um now what what about your name is is your real name rowdy because one time i think i brought up i read an article about you i'm not trying to bring up you know stuff that happened in 2010 but i think i read an article one time that that said your real name is raymond is this is this true it's not it's not raymond it's not randy it's really rowdy so you know, that's, uh, I think, I think at one point Houston actually put out that it was Randy and I don't, I don't know where they got it. That's not in my name, not in my middle name, nothing, but they put out Randy Harper. So, um, but, but props to Bassity for changing that for me. And <laughs> Bassity also put in my one catch against Vanderbilt. Uh, so, you know, big ups to Bassity, another Oklahoma guy. Well, he redeemed himself with, uh, including your one catch. That's right. Hey, before we started, we were we were talking just a little bit about what's going on. Um, one of the most interesting parts when we were when we were hanging out and uh, roommates together at Houston uh, was what was how how much you were into old time uh, politics and presidents. What's your uh, what's your who's your favorite president, Rich? Of all time, you know this, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, JFK. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't like to get too much into politics, you know, you don't want to ruffle any feathers with the, with the listeners, you know, I'm trying to become, you know, the first recurring guest on uh, this podcast and uh, I'm a, I'm a real man of the people. So uh, <laughs> fair enough. I, th- I think we'd love, we'd love for you to be the, the reoccurring guest, man. That'd be, that'd be awesome. But uh, you know, we are, we're excited to have you on and, and, and talk a little bit of football. So uh, we'll just kind of get to that. Uh, you grew up, you were in, in Roswell, Georgia. Then we went to school in Houston together uh, where you were, you were a punter there. And uh, then you went on to be in both the CFL uh, and, and the NFL. So can you just kind of tell, kind of expound on that and kind of talk about your, your rise up 
up to that and then what you're doing now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to Houston, played, played four years there. And then, you know, I guess what is it, 2018, I guess, you know, when I first initially was in an NFL camp, I signed with, um, Baltimore in 2014. And, you know, for the past four years, I've been kind of here, there and everywhere living out of suitcase, um, just trying to live out the dream. Um, it hasn't worked out here and there. Uh, my first day in Baltimore didn't work out. And then I was lucky enough to, uh, get a call to go play up in the CFL and um, not knowing anything about the CFL or Canada, you know, I was a little hesitant and ended up being one of the best decisions I ever made. I played uh, 2015 and 16 for the BC Lions out in Vancouver and um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, played two years and had two really good years punting the ball. I actually kicked field goals as well um, because of the uh, import Ra- uh, ratio rule i don't know if you guys know anything about that no i don't what is that? but uh so since it's the canadian football league they institute some rules to um promote having canadian players on your team create a little incentive i guess sure and um so as an imported player as an american myself i had to be both a field goal kicker and a punter so I had to do all the kicking as an import because waste, I wasted an import spot where you could use, you know, and there's always Americans that are playing quarterback, left tackle, you know, linebacker, you know, there's always one Canadian defensive back. It's really interesting how they do it. There's pretty much designated places that have Canadian starters. Like there's always a Canadian center because, you know, I don't mean to offend any centers out there, but centers – not as important as a left tackle. Am I right? Sure. Yeah. That, the guy, that's why, you know, that's why they get paid the big bucks at, at left tackle. Exactly. Like Sir Vincent Rogers, he who is a fellow University of Houston alum, made a really good name for himself playing left tackle up there. He was named uh, Lineman of the Year um, 2015, I believe. And he's uh, he's been doing really good. So there's only X amount of American starters that you can have on your roster. Um that is the, I don't know the exact numbers, but you have to have, like, there's always one Canadian receiver out of the four, and then, you know, such and such. Huh. Yeah, I, I didn't know those rules. I knew there were some rules, but I didn't know uh, exactly how much. I did know that you were kicking, though, as well. I saw, I remember, I don't know if you won the game or you tied the game. It was like a 56-yarder, uh, you know, at the very end. Yeah. And that Was that a, a team record? It was a franchise record long, 56 yards. Yeah, it was, it was to uh, send the game to overtime, and we ended up winning in overtime, which was, was an incredible game. But it, it was a lot of fun to handle both the, the punting and the kicking. It was obviously a little bit difficult because it's, you know, two different disciplines altogether. And, you know, having kicking field goals at a high level, a professional level, is, is, is difficult because, you know, you've got you to gotta score points to win games, right, Raddy? Yeah, and, that's right. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so then after two years up there, I, I, uh, signed with Arizona and ended up not working out down there. I got cut after the last preseason game. And, um, but now, now I'm still, still chasing the dream, thinking about going back up to Canada and making a career out of that, but only time will tell the next few weeks. Richie, what are some of the different, uh, kicking rules up there? I know obviously the field's bigger. So does that mean you got to maybe do some more tackling drills and things like that since you guys have to, to cover some more turf? Uh, what are some of the, the different rules they got up there, man? No tackling drills, but you're right. Longer and wider field. You can actually score a point from punting the ball. Um, yeah, that, that was the one I wanted okay, to ask so, you about. Yeah, so that's called the rouge. And uh, the story behind that is it's a single point. So – in CFL football, there's no there's no fair catches, so every punt is returned. And also, there's a five yard halo rule, which is really really strictly enforced. So you know, like there's the NFL rule, it's like two yards, but guys always get within like an inch of guys when they're screaming past them when they make a fair catch, right? Right, just but basically the, don't five touch yard. Them. Yeah, you it's five yards though, and it's very difficult. So you emphasize more of a line drive kick rather than a than a, than a high hanging ball when you're punting. Um, the field goal posts, of course, are uh, at the front of the end zone, which is the end zone's 20 yards. 
But yeah, back to the Rouge. So the Rouge would be if I punted the ball into the end zone and the returner took a knee, then that is a Rouge. But if he catches the ball in the end zone and elects to bring it out, then we're probably going to tackle him at the 10-yard line. So there's a little bit of strategy involved. Um, whether you want to give up a single point, a single point doesn't seem like a, a big deal when it's early on in the game. But, you know, I had a game-winning field goal one time, and um, I wasn't the best field goal kicker up there, but I was the best punter while I played up there. And, you know, I had the coach said, <laughs> it was a tie game. He said, would you rather just punt it out of the back of the end zone? Because, I mean, we win the game that way too. But, no, I said, I said let's kick the field goal. It was like a 33-yard field goal. Boosted my confidence a little bit. There, so so if you punt it out of the back of the end zone, it, it counts as a, a rouge as well? Yes. So what? how I would assume it would be, you know, a little bit of gamesmanship as well as far as do you kick it, you know, try to cough in corner and, and pin someone deep, or do you go ahead and try to kick it, you know, 10 yards deep into the into the end zone? Is there some kind of gamesmanship with that depending on what's going on in the yeah, game? It dep- yeah, it depends on kind of, you know, if it's halftime and – you know, you guys are winning 15-14 and about to be halftime. And, uh, you know, coach be like, hey, coach, like 12 seconds left. Do you want to cough and corner the ball or do you want to just get a point real quick? You know, uh, m- most of the time you're going to say, hey, let's get the – let's just get grab a point real quick. Um, but um, there – so there is no right, right, fair catches, right? So you don't hit that end-over-end ball. You actually hit a true – coffin corner punt where you angle the ball to land out of bounds that's really interesting hmm. um but there's actually other rules that are making it more difficult for the offensive linemen that i wanted to bring up and that is the defensive linemen have to line up a yard off of the ball that is a rule i did not know that and i hadn't heard that <laughs> how, how does that make you guys feel i so to me i think it would be it would be better but then they counteract it because you only have three downs to get a first down that's right so exactly. most so most of the time i mean you're you're throwing anyway so it's not, not like you're really able to kind of load up on a guy but to me if, if i because we played a couple of teams where they would line up a yard off the ball and we just smash hmm. them because you know they're, they're they just sit there and they just get they get caught you know they, the double teams you already created that dance on the defense so honestly I, I liked it when i was running the ball now up there it's it's probably a different story because they're slinging it three out of four downs. Yeah, it's true. That's very true. And then, you know, from a field goal operation standpoint, you can be a little bit slower because they have to travel an extra yard. Off the oh, yard. I, did, I didn't up a complete. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. And, um, yeah, I don't know, maybe that adds an element where, you know, more time to do twists and turns on the defensive line. I'm not sure. It, it is harder to get sacks up there. Definitely harder because of that yard. I'd, yeah, I'd assume I'd rather have you know one of those fast freak defensive ends a little bit further away from the quarterback. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well um, does it does it change your field goal um, formation at all, or do you guys still have you know generally the same formation with the tight end and the two wings? Yeah, um, I, well, you know, another rule that's different is you have twelve guys on the field, ah. right? So. So you have 12 guys on the field. So that adds – it's always an extra receiver or an extra defensive back off at the defense on field goal and, uh, protection and stuff. It kind of depends on who we're playing. Um, if, you know, they rush really hard off the, off the one edge to the wide side of the field, which would be the, you know, the field that you're probably aiming more towards, maybe you stick an extra guy out there. But you can also get really tricky. You know, there's crazy rules in the CFL is – if I were to kick a field goal and there was a guy parallel to me, you know, lined up on the numbers and I kicked the ball and down the field across the line of scrimmage, he could go pick the ball up and, and go score down the field. So I could kick the ball to him as long as he's parallel and he'd go score. But, you know, you try to get people, uh, you know, tripping on that, slipping on that, you know? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Hey, the, the weird thing to me, and I say weird, I don't know if that's the right word, but, um, it seems like with, with punting and kicking, uh, that's kind of the, the, the weird way to, that coaches treat punters and kickers is, is you don't really have a punting and kicking coach, at least in high school and, and when we were in college, mm-hmm. that is on a staff. So, um, you know, that's actually one of the positions where coaches are fine and they outsource all of their, their punting and kicking. 
what do you think kind of contributes to that? And, and have you seen that as well as you rose through and, and played through high school and college? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it is very difficult because, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Even in a high school level, you're just expected to go out and do the thing, you know, um, whether it's kicking and playing. And even at the college level, the same thing. You know, I was lucky enough to have a special teams coach and Coach Levine that, you know, he he understood some technique things, but he wasn't with us all practice um, and all that stuff. So uh, it is difficult. And I know the NCAA just passed a, you know, a rule that said you can have another coach. And, man, it would be cool to see a kicking coach to be on staff. Um, but, you know, it, it's something you kind of struggle with because at the end of the day, when you're a young kid, when you're a pro, that's one thing that I learned as being a pro. It's the coach tells you, like, you know, if you're having a bad day, you have to fix yourself. You know, that's being a pro is being able to fix yourself because you're not going to be on, you're not going to be perfect all the time. But when you do get into that right, you got to fix yourself. And that is, that's something I've been doing since I was little because you don't really have a, a coach to, to coach you up on the sideline when you're in high school and stuff. But, you know, what a lot of guys do is, is they have those kicking coaches in their local area. Like in Atlanta, we always had a crew of guys on Sundays. We'd go meet together. And I know you've, you've heard me talk about in the past and in, in the summers when we lived um, together in Houston, that I would go train a month with, with those punters and kickers. And, you know, now there's, you know, we have the ability to send out film, you know, through phones and stuff like that. So that's a, that's a good way to keep in touch and to keep sharp with, you know, whoever it may be, your, whether it be your dad or your kicking coach. But it is tough. That's that. I mean, that's what I would think. I mean, even like you said, we had Coach Levine, who was a great special teams coordinator. Saw everything. You know, to me, he was the guru of special teams coordinators, and and kind of seemed to see everything on the field. But when it comes down to technique, it it, it always seems like you almost have to outsource that technique to somebody else. And mm-hmm. um, if you when you're talking to the to high school kids, I'm sure you talk to them, and even college kids, but mostly high school kids. What are what are some good places to go, or who are some good people to to seek out? I mean, is it is it by area? You know, you kind of have to know the area or there are some good names or there's some good people um, or good general yeah, rules of thumb um, to use. Yeah, no free ads, but, you know, you can always get – you can always hit me up if anybody needs any kicking, punting, instruction, or whatever. That's something I've always done is, is try to help out anybody, whether I was in Canada or whether I was, you know, in Arizona or wherever I've been in between. You know, kicking and punting is so you – know, so technically um you know involved that i try to you know rub off on the kids and in, in one way or another you know it's if they can get one thing from me that makes sense because i don't try to change anybody up um i just try to like hopefully they can get one little thing from me that can um you know help them out but within your area i mean a lot of guys know um regionally there's guys in dallas that i i know really well there's guys all over and I'm sure with the internet and stuff like that, people are connected. So, but if not, you can always hit me up. There's a, there's a guy, it's funny, you know, I, I coach here in, in Ankeny and I'd, I'd always heard of the guys camps, uh, Jamie Coles kicking camps. Yeah, I was just, I was just with Jamie like two weeks ago when he was, uh, yeah, he's from, uh, yeah. He's, oh, so you're in Ankeny. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah dude, he, he, it's funny. Cause everyone's like, Oh yeah. Jamie Coles, the, the kickers coach for uh, Ankeny Centennial. That's our, our big rival. So, I mean, he's – so I'm like, oh, my God, that's why. I mean, li- literally every year they got dudes that are just banging it out of the end zone. So, his kicker this year is actually going to kick at Penn State, the, the kid okay, from yeah, uh, he, Centennial. So, you got a resource he instantly like, right here. Yeah, he holds massive combines for exposure for high school kids. And, you know, he develops so many connections all over college football. And he, he does, you know, he's making his way into the NFL. He coaches a few guys that on the NFL, kicking the NFL. And um, he's got, he's one of the most solid dudes I ever met. He's a good guy. It's kind of him. And then who's the other one? Is it, is it Sailor? Is he the other guy? Yeah, Sailor's another one. But that's I, kind I of the big scouting deal. Yeah, I, I grew up working with a guy named Mike McCabe, who he's out of Birmingham now, and he does a lot of uh, not so much combine stuff as much as uh, just one-on-one technique stuff. How important? Uh, which, which I, how important are these combines for kickers and punters? I mean, um, is it 
because you know and maybe you're out of touch with it a little bit I know huddle is, has gotten big a little bit kind of when we got into college but um, can you send film out to and get recruited as a kicker punter or is it one of these things where you kind of have to go to some of these combines to get seen I mean back when I was coming out of high school my dad and I were sending stuff out to coaches directly and you know, we heard back from some coaches at the end of the day, nothing really came of it. But um, it is important nowadays to get in front of guys like Saylor and Jamie Cole in the high school ranks because they, like I said, they've placed probably one of their kickers that's been through their combine at every university in, in the United States. That's not even a exaggeration. So these coaches in turn, after their guy leaves, who, you know, probably had a good career, go to Jamie and say, Hey, we need somebody else. So it is important to get in front of them um, and to show and go out there and to compete and, and, and show you got the stuff and the talent and the, um, the ability. I noticed Rich, I, I noticed, and you talked about it a little bit sooner or a little bit earlier in the podcast about that backward spinning uh, punt that I guess you don't use as much in, in Canada, obviously because of the ruse rule, but, um, that's kind of was a newer thing. It seemed like to me whenever I got into college. Um, and then, uh, I think it's Pat McAfee, maybe that that's big on Twitter and he shows some of the kind of new stuff that punters are doing. What's, what's mm-hmm. kind of the new, the new thing going on in, in punting right now, if there is one, maybe there's not. Well, I'll, the cutting edge of punting right now, which, you know, it's got a lot of hype behind it. Um, it comes, it all comes from Baltimore and I was lucky enough to, my, my rookie year to be in there competing with Sam Cook and, um, you know, they have Justin Tucker as their kicker. Their special teams coach's name is Jerry Rossberg, and they have a kicking coach on staff, one of, you know, three kicking coaches maybe in the NFL. His name is Randy Brown. And um, they are the guys who are on the cutting edge. They do it all. And um, what that is is, you know, with, with punting and stuff like that, it's pretty generic as far as, or it has been in the last five years, right hash, you're probably going to hit a right spiral punt, left hash, you're probably going to hit a left spiral punt. And when I mean left, I mean like numbers to the outside, numbers to the outside. And, um, cause that's your aiming point. But now what guys are doing is, is, you know, they're taking advantage of returners lining up, you know, let's say we're on the right hash, they're lining up outside the numbers of where a punt usually goes. So there's so much field out there to the left that guys are, what they're doing is, is they're acting like they're punting uh, right. And then, you know, Sam has these hips that can contort like no other. He drops the ball a little inside. It's a real low line drive ball, but it's, it peters out, let's say 51 yards and that's all net. So it's really interesting what guys are doing with little things like that. Johnny Hecker in LA, he's, he does a lot of that stuff too. He's got a big leg. Um, it's pretty interesting stuff. Is that some of the stuff you guys kind of just, you know, work out on your own? You know, <clears throat> did they ever ask you to, to rugby kick? Or were you all pretty much just a straight kind of kind of pro-style punter? Well, in college, you know, you see a lot of the rugby stuff because the rules are different in college and the NFL. Because college, you know, you can snap the ball and everybody on your punt team can run down the field. Whereas in the NFL, your gunners are the only people that can be past the line of scrimmage um, before you punt the ball. You know, you got to – yeah, exactly. So, as far as the college stuff, I did a little bit my freshman year, the rollout stuff, but, you know, it, and it's effective, but I wanted to be a pro punter, and um, so I worked really hard at the, uh, the prototypical punting that you see in the NFL. So, I didn't really do much of that after my freshman year. We had a, we had shield punt uh, at Houston, Richie. I, I was just kind of curious, when you're back there, you're about to punt – uh, you know, and obviously now you, you've been in a pro-style punt being in the pros. So is there any difference as far as the vision that you have when it when you do have that shield in front of you? Is there any extra nerves from them being that close um, as opposed to pro-style, or do you not really notice the difference as a punter? Uh, I, don't really know, I don't really notice the difference. You always have a PP. There's always one guy, you know, in the NFL that's your PP, and he stands a little bit closer to the line than a, than a shield would. But – I definitely felt good. Shout out to – I know these guys listen to Ty Cloud, Amin, and Kevin Forsch. Those guys all served on the shield, and they did a great job. They did, and it was the worst job in history. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wanted to be on the shield. 
<laughs> Rowdy probably did it in practice one time and was like, I'm never I, – I did that terribly on purpose because I never <laughs> want to be in that position again. That's exactly right. No one wants to be on the shield. Nobody. Hey, you, guys, you guys just stand there, and we're going to let guys run a 20-yard start. Yeah, have like a seven-yard seven head start. It's crazy. <laughs> hit you as hard as they possibly can. But we're worried about player safety. Yeah. But, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Hey, Rich, um, so, so at the high school level, you worked with some of these high school kids. What are some of the indicators that, that a kid has a chance to be a good punter? Is it flexibility? Is it uh, – what are some of the things that you kind of see that kind of tip you off early that a kid has a chance to be a good punter in the future? This probably might make you uh, chuckle, but athletic ability. And I know that's kind of funny when it comes to being just a punter, but, you know, if somebody can naturally – you know, just punt a football and spiral it. I mean, I think that's a good demonstration of being pretty athletic. And, you know, when you're in high school and um, you're trying to get the attention of college coaches, what a lot of guys, what the coaches look for, they look for the big leg. Um, if they can hit the ball far, you know, and where you get into the pro level, they don't look as much as the big leg as, you know, as much as the, can you, can you do it consistently, right? So having a big leg, hitting spirals hitting spirals in games um that is uh that that's what's going to get you looked at you, you normally hear you know we didn't i never had this this with you but you normally hear that the kickers are kind of the outcast right and they're not very uh close to the team and everyone was like we're the football team and they're the kickers uh but but you never were like that at Houston you know or, and even some of the some of the some of the other kickers weren't at Houston either uh so so what's your what's your advice maybe to those kids uh, and, and maybe to the to the coaches as well to to help these kickers not to be a part of the team and not be like we're the football mm -hmm. team and you're the kickers over there because I you know you weren't you were never like that uh, while we were at Houston. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, well, yeah, I think it's just an attitude. I, I think everybody knows that kickers have that stigma that you know we're off to the side doing whatever. But I think you know one thing that I really wanted to, you know, make an impression of, you want to make the impression of, of your teammates. And that's been true when I first walked on the U of H campus. And like when I get involved in these NFL workouts that people have to show up to, you want to show these guys that you're working hard, that you're, that you're, you're coming, you know, first in sprints and you're getting extra work in and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're going the extra mile because, that's how you get that stigma off of you is that you show these guys that you're willing to work hard. They have to trust you at the end of the day, you know? Um, and so that's one thing that I was lucky enough. I, I had a couple of roommates who, who pushed me and encouraged me to, uh, to have that attitude. So I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have it innate in me, but um, I was lucky enough to be around some good guys. That's pretty cool. You say that. I think that's, that's huge. You know, those, those kickers that build up that sweat equity with those kids in the off season and they, they show mm -hmm. up every day. I, I think that just goes a long way with their kids. You know, a lot of the guys like, Oh, he's, he's a football player first who just happens to kick. So I think, I think what you say there is, is a huge deal, you know, put yourself on the same, same level as the rest of these guys, you know, don't just show up every day and work on your golf sure. swing, you know? <laughs> exactly. I gotta ask you, Rich. I gotta ask you because almost every kicker or punter that I know was a really good golfer. So, how how well do you golf? I mean, I'm, I, I work hard. I wouldn't say I I've had a little bit of a back thing over the past <laughs> few months, so I haven't been playing as much. But you know, I, I do work hard at playing, um, and I want to be better. You know, I'm, I'm an aspiring scratch golfer for sure. But I know what it takes to get to that point, and I just don't have the time or the energy to to do that right now. But I'm I'm getting you know a percent better each couple of weeks. So that's that's all I can ask of myself right now. Exactly. I, I just think I don't. Know, I just think it's weird how it, for whatever reason you know kickers and punters is it's got to be because of the swing right the leg swing, you know the the hit well, movement and the, the rhythm of it. Sure. Oh. And it's it's so similar to the punting and kicking game. It's very exactly. mental. Very, you know, you got to have the repeatability um, and stuff and high pressure stuff. So it goes kind of hand in hand. I've actually had that conversation with with a few people. I think, you know, because a lot of them are like, oh, he's just being lazy. Whatever. I'm like, dude, I think there's a lot of similarities between golf 
And then, like you said, being able to, to kick and punt because, yeah, there is some pressure pack stuff to be able to repeat it. I'm glad you said Absolutely. that. Man. And Absolutely. It seems, it seems like, you know, there's a special kind of person that can do, and it kind of goes to offensive linemen the same way, um, special kind of person that, that can just have to do the exact same thing over and over and over, day in and day out, and still enjoy it and still be obsessed with it three, four, five years down the road. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, you know, I have days where, you know, I'm I I currently don't have a job. You know, it's it's tough to to get you know, I have my bad days where I'm like, man, you know, hopefully this this works out, you know. Um you got to you got to love the game. You got to love, but I do love the game. I love the game. I love the locker room and you know, being in a, having a chance to be on a team where you're having a collective goal and you're trying to go after and get it. I mean, what's better than that? That's why football is great. And I got to ask you guys this so you probably most of your listeners are offensive linemen and stuff. I hope you guys don't put in the description of this episode, like, Hey, we're talking to a punter and a kicker today. I mean, no <laughs> one's going to listen. <laughs> we got to put football player slash uh, hitter of the ball. Well, we'll yeah, doctor yeah. it up. I mean, you got, you got the, you know, the Italian last name will be like, you know, former Italian gangster, something like that. You maybe, know. maybe you could, you could, uh, you could throw in there. I have a link of a hit that I made in the CFL where I um, separated my AC joint. Maybe you can put that in there. And I, and I, I put a pretty good lick on the guy. Um, <laughs> all right. I jogged off the field. It didn't look like I got hurt at all. But, uh, <laughs> hey, that's, that's nine times out of 10. That's the coolest part. When you, when you're injured, you just got to jog off like nothing happened. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, that's how people really feel on a daily basis. <laughs> no, I play I would play I would play Scout D line um at walk at the walkthrough portion of practice in the CFL often and man, I, I took great appreciation to how athletic and how fast things move up there. You know, cuz when you're watching on TV or from the sideline or the stands, it doesn't look like it's going that fast, but man, it's going really fast. I didn't realize that. And I'm, I'm in walkthrough. I'm in walkthrough, and they're probably going 20%. It's always – it, you always gain a little bit of um, – a little a little better perspective for something when you, when you really start figuring it out and you start getting around it. Um, you know, that that's why I was excited to have you on, Richie. Obviously, uh, you know, we were roommates. But, but also because, you know, there's something about being, you know, a special teams, you know, punter, kicker, and, and lineman that, uh, to me, they, they are very similar. You know, they're very different, obviously. but there are a lot of similarities to them, so I was excited to kind of bring those up. Um, you had mentioned offensive linemen being athletic and, and stuff, so uh, we actually write down a couple of things about our guests before we before we get on so we can have a good idea of, of where we're going. But um, two of the things I wrote down were extremely athletic as a punter and uh, that, you know, you had you took it really important to, in the offseason, work out with the guys and – and I thought that was really amazing, and, and we had just talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, to see the guy that's supposed to be off by himself, not working hard, you know, that is the big thought of everybody, but to see him being able to run and be first in sprints, and then other than the month that you're going to get your, your kicking training, you're out there in the heat in the middle of the summer in Houston running just like the linebackers are. Yeah, you know, something's got to be difficult because when it came down to it, when we were playing, Rowdy, I mean, shoot, how many times did I actually punt? I mean, we, we had such good offenses while we were there, so I didn't have to really do that much. <laughs> Very true. You guys put a lot on us when I was at Tulsa. Oh, okay. Just... No, no, Tulsa. Tulsa. <laughs> yeah, you guys put it on us, man. I can't remember how many you scored on us. It was brutal. Tulsa with the pop. I used to always say pop walls, and, and they, they everybody in Texas made fun of me. Sody pop. <laughs> okay, you guys made fun of me for uh, a certain genre of music that I enjoyed. I'm not going to go into specifics, but you know what I'm talking about. Hey, Gucci made a, a comeback. I think he's a little bit doing a little bit different hey, rap now. Yeah, he's doing he's doing he's doing some good stuff. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, go ahead, uh, Richie. Roll. I wanted to ask you. Um, so, so now you know you you are kind of in between jobs or you're battling for stuff. What, what is a what does a normal day kind of look like for you? You know, with the off season, how how often do you kick? You know, are you doing different types of workouts? Is there you know different stretches and things like that? Because I think a, a lot of coaches that listen right now, honestly, probably have no idea how to train a kicker. So I think any insight you could give into that as far as 
conditioning and whatnot. Yeah. I think that would be very beneficial. I mean, for someone kind of younger, it's different than the position I'm in because the past, you know, 15 weeks where I haven't been on a team, um, you know, I trained every two, like, like every Tuesday was my game day because let's say someone got hurt or someone's underperforming. I was, I was on the list of guys that, you know, they'd call up and what they do is they call you up on Monday they bring you in for a workout on Tuesday. Um, so I would train each week. Like I was actually on a team, but my game, my game day was Tuesday. So I would punt on Wednesday, Thursday, um, and then do some recovery stuff, run this and that and the other thing. But, um, that was to prepare for that. But at, at a younger, at a younger age, I mean, I think it's important to, you know, you kind of hit on all the things, you know, do a little stretching, do a little running, do a little weightlifting. I found out later on that, you know, my back isn't made to, to have weight on it. I have what's called like long spine syndrome. So I just can't support squat weight, but I do other things like belt squat, this, that, and the other thing. I think that's better for guys. You know, it's not always, there's a time and a place, right? So if yeah. you're in off season, you're trying to gain, gain muscle, you're not really punting as much as you are emphasis on, um, you know, running and, and, and weightlifting. But also, as a punter and a kicker, the most important things are is the drills you do, the little things. When you're a punter, you know, catch and mold, practicing your drop, this, that, and the other thing. So those are just as important, especially at this time period um, in the winter, to just do your uh, – because, you know, it's cold outside. A lot of the places don't want to be punting. You know, you do your, you do your drops and do your drills, you know. Browdy can attest to the fact that, you know, he – I would ask him to throw me balls or Dave – to underhand me little snaps so I could practice my drop because that was more important than actually going out there and punting, especially in the off season where I'm trying to, you know, put on some mass, get stronger. But you got to stay limber at the same time. So I would I would encourage guys to encourage their players to practice the drops as well as the stretching um, and stuff like that, a little yoga. So what um uh, and maybe this is too broad of a question. I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm a little bit ignorant to the position, but when you are telling these coaches, hey, you know, work on with these guys in the offseason on their drops, what should you be looking for as a punter on these drops for, for a high school kid? Um, you know, a, a clean catch and mold. And what what that is, is, you know, if you were to throw me the ball, you know, to, to catch it and to efficiently put it, you know, over my right leg with both hands on the ball with the laces facing up the way you want to, you know, drop it when you're, when you're, when you're going to punt it. So, um, you know, catch and mold is really important, you know, being able to do that, like without even thinking, um, you know, that's where the muscle memories and that you can do 10,000 of those in, in, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, when you do 10,000, it's muscle memory. And, um, so you start there and, um, the catch and mold and then, you know, working on your steps, working on your steps, being small, compact, not too long, depending on body size, little stuff like that. You want to, and you just want to be efficient. There's, there's a bunch of, um, bunch of resources out there for guys to, to learn how to, you know, the proper drop, proper height, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So I would encourage guys to go on YouTube um, or to call me. <laughs> call, call Richie. That's what, that's what I would do. That's what I'm doing right now, calling Richie to ask. Hey, is there, is there a way that when you do drop it, that it bounces up? Is it supposed to bounce a certain way, or does that not – that not make any sense? Is that a dumb question? Oh, it's actually a really good question. And um, everyone's kind of different. Everybody has different philosophies. But at the end of the day, I think it's all a little happy medium, a little bit, I think a little bit flat to a little bit nose down. So if it, when the, when the ball hits and it comes straight up or bounces back a little bit towards you, like the front of the nose bounces first and then comes back, I think that's, I think that's the best, the best way. Uh, you can hit some of your really, 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 um, you know, high balls, really high hang time balls with a flatter drop. I think you get a little bit more distance with um, the nose down a little bit. So you just got to play with your happy medium. With that, that's a good question. Thank you. That's all. That's me with all the hard hitting uh, uh, drop questions on this podcast. Uh, um, <laughs> it, it seems like it always seemed like to me, and, and even at the high school level, special teams coaches that these. Um, uh, you know, our kickers, our punters, our snappers have a have a a, um, a special bond with the special teams coach, especially when is it when he's a good one. Um, what 
what stems or what causes that uh, special bond that you have with the special teams coach and and maybe even you know because I know coach Levine how, how did that work out with coach Levine and, and I know you guys had a special bond how did that um, shape up I don't know, probably because those are the only coaches that like us, maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, my, hi- my high school special teams coach was great, too. He ended up being the head coach of my high school after I left. Um, it's just, you know, people take it serious. You know, it is a third of the game. Um, and I appreciate the, the guys who put that emphasis on there. And um, I, is it the high school coach? Is it Oklahoma that doesn't ever punt or kick field goals or anything? They just go for it on fourth down. Is that Ar- in Oklahoma? Arkansas, in Ar- Arkansas, Arkansas right yeah, yeah, Pulaski Academy in Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys who believe in that philosophy. And you know what? Like at the high school level, it is difficult to have a a, a good punter. Um, it's difficult to have a good a good kicker. But if you have both those things, it's very valuable. And, um, you know, I, I think it could be a real weapon, right? You know, because not every team – I remember in high school when I was playing, you know, I was pretty freaking good. And um, we would play guys who had linemen kicking off and, you know, didn't have anybody to kick field goals. they just go for it. So, And I think times are changing and stuff, and more guys are wanting to kick and punt. Um, so I think that is changing. Um, and I hope uh, – I hope – you know, each each school and stuff will take the time to really put a lot of emphasis on uh, special teams. I I couldn't agree more. I just think that there's so many weapons, especially in the high school game. I mean, for, for number one, you're kicking from the 40-yard line. I mean, it, it's such a weapon to have a kicker that kicks it into the end zone every single time. You know the ball is going to be at the 20-yard line. You don't have to worry about really coaching up your kickoff team very often. So I think that that's mm-hmm. huge. That's huge. I mean – being able to get points when you get down inside the, say the 40, you got a, a consistent kicker. We're able to get points all the time. And then a dude that can bury somebody inside with, with, with punts. And then I think like, like yourself, Richie, an athletic punter who can run fakes and be a threat back there. To me, it just creates a, a whole extra set of headaches for coaches to have to prepare for on weekends. Those guys, those guys hate that stuff when you have to prepare for, all these fakes and all oh, they got a kicker that can blast it or he's, he's a really good onside kicker. He's a really good sky kicker that, that just keeps dudes up at night. Cause I've seen it and I've had to do it. And it's, you're so right. It's a huge weapon. Yeah, absolutely. It's hidden yardage. You know, what, what every, there's an NFL stat that says if I were to punt the ball and it, you know, they fair caught it or whatever on the 10 yard line, their offense has a 10% chance of scoring and it increases with every yard. So 20 yard line, they have a 20% chance of scoring. So you want, you always want to create a long field for your defense to, to defend. The way you do that. And if you have a weapon, like in the punting and kicking game, then you can do it. You can take advantage like that. Yeah, you're right. Walls, you talked about it to, to me in the high school game. It, the biggest weapon a, a team has is is a guy that can kick it off and kick it in the end zone consistently. Because like you said, now you're not you're not spending a lot of time on kickoff team in practice and you know where it's going to be. And it, they might have the six D1 guys back there returning kickoffs. It doesn't matter if he kicks it in the end zone in Oklahoma, at least you can't return it anyways. It's it's dead, dead ball. Yep, same in Georgia. Yeah, same in Georgia. Yeah, I don't. I, like I said, it, to me, putting an investment in that stuff is is super clutch. I mean, and if I am a head coach again, I'm, I'm honestly I'm going to find a guy. And guess what? I'm, I'm Richie's already sold me. I'm just going to call Richie, and he's going to coach all of our kickers. I'm just making that decision yeah. right now. And and the, and the greatest thing about like me being wherever I am, and you being all the way in Iowa, is that we're connected. You know, we're connected by social media. You can send me a video through text message like, hey, Richie, what do you think about this guy? Like, is his drop table too high? I'd be like, well, yeah, I think it's way too high. He's, you know, he's cocking his wrist up a little bit too much too, you know, so it's it's really easy. And I'm, I definitely want to make make myself available to do that. When I was living up in Canada, I would, I would, uh, we would go out to uh, high school, um, high school practices all the time and I tell you what that is a that is that is an interesting thing you guys would laugh to hear this so the first time I ever went out uh to a high school we did it we were surprising a team we bought them like new jerseys or something like that and um 
so we show up and we're like, yeah, like what's going on? We're at practice and talking to the coaches. And so I was like, uh, so, uh, so where's everybody else at? <laughs> and the coach goes, uh, yeah, you know, like some kids, they, they just didn't feel like coming today. And I was like, I was like, wait, I was like, huh? What? And, uh, and you know, the, the accountability, it's so different up there, you know? Um, because could you imagine like not showing up to a, to a, to a summer workout? Like that has implications on like during the season, but you're in season, just don't decide to show up. Like it's a different beast up there. And that's what, you know, hockey's king up there, but, um, the accountability and the, and the, and the way the programs are run and, and high school and stuff is so different. Um, I was really, I was really shocked by that. Yeah, Vancouver's got a game tonight. We expect them to go to football practice. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> the Canucks are playing, eh? <laughs> hey, hey! You talked about film. You talked about film, and, and kids get to send you some film. Uh, what's and I, I know we used to film a bunch of different ways uh, in special teams in college. But what are if you were gonna get film from a, a kid? And I hope hope all the kids send you stuff because uh, you know you're a great great guy, but a great punter, obviously as well. But what are some of the most important um, angles of film that a punter could get? Um, well, I think, you know, if you're on field with a guy and let's say you're doing some punting, I think there's benefits to being, you know, let's say to the drop side, if he's a righty, then to be on the right side of him, like, you know, five yards in front, you know, to the right side of him. Um but I like my, my, my favorite film is just from the front because I can tell what my steps are doing. I can tell if my, you know, my drop's getting outside my hip. Um, I, can, I can tell a lot of things from that. So if you have, you know, if you're doing stuff, you know, without the team and um, a punter can get some film of him just doing some practices, practice punts or whatever, just someone just walking towards somebody, I think that's the best way to do it. You talk about steps. Do you ever do you ever use like a, a yard line to to judge where your steps are in the film? Yeah, um, like if you're going across the field, I mean, definitely be be on like a five yard line uh, mark. You know, like a like a solid line. Because what I do, what I what I have, is I have my steps and stuff figured out. You know, I start if I'm directionally right punting, I'm going to start on the left side of the the um, the line because I I offset a little bit when I have a snap. And then I finish on the right side of the line because I'm, you know, walking right and vice versa going left. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you don't want to walk straight, you know, because that's not natural. Uh, you'd have to walk duck-footedly to walk straight. There's a little bit of a crossover, but there's a happy medium with that crossover when you're crossing over with your feet. And um, that just happens naturally. And, um, but at the same time, you can't be duck-feet walking. You've got to be a little athletic. I got gotcha. you. Well, Harper, uh, Harper, I'm learning so much stuff right now. This podcast is just nuts. I'm telling you, I'm just and this is and I'm I'm kind of blabbering a little bit. I mean, there's a lot no. that goes into it, and you know, I I think um, you know, I definitely want to make resources available to people, and I think um, you know, there's so many good coaches out there that aren't gonna just change you and and make you like you know cookie cutter. You got to do it this way. The best coaches, and this is like with you guys coaching offensive line, you're not you're gonna take what what they do well and just tweak it a little bit, or just tell them to think about things in a different in a different light or a different manner, and that might resonate with somebody. And if it does, then you're doing your job right. That's yeah. exactly right. Just like you said, Walls. I mean, uh, you know, we had we had a guy Carl Johnson on. Uh, he's a special teams coordinator in in Carolina uh, at a high school, and and it's just something that a lot of coaches like you've said walls just almost don't think about like they put it on the back burner and then like Richie said it's a third of the game but it's it's what's talked about you know one twentieth of the time so it's something that uh, a lot of guys don't know and and like and gain you a know lot how many times quick. these you you know how many times these the, there's 24 7 coverage of the Super Bowl right now you know how many times they've talked about the kicking game zero probably zero okay isn't that crazy? It is, yeah. and 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 I guarantee it'll it it could definitely come down to a special teams play. <laughs> I mean, yeah, here I, or there, absolutely. I I was just saying though. I mean, I, the reason I'm saying you know this podcast is nuts. I mean, it's nuts the the number of guys we've already had on, 
And literally every time guys come on, it's awesome to be able to just learn and absorb things. And it's, and you're sitting there and you're like, Oh, I never even thought of that, you know, or I never even thought of that. So that's why I was saying, that. I mean, the stuff that you're, you're dropping here, Richie, to me, it's, it's, it's good stuff. It's phenomenal. Brody, if broken arrow blocks a jinx punt, you guys have an 87% chance to win the game. Anytime a team, and this is the NFL, okay? I don't know what the high school stats are, but right. if you block a punt, you're going to win the game. And, and no one, and and that's uh, you know thought of uh, like I said, uh, one 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 hundredth of the time when uh, you'd think if you had a, if that was the stat with uh, you know run for a hundred yards, guys would be doing whatever they could to run for a hundred yards. But that's the stat <laughs> for a block a punt, and you know most of the coaches uh, don't even think about it till Thursday night. Yeah, you know they don't put that up on the goal board, do they? You know, hey, if, if we win the turnover battle, we'll win. You know, if we block a punt, we'll win. They, you never see that on the board. No, you definitely don't in high school. And and that was we something got, I learned so well from Coach Levine, um, you know, that I thought he did a great job of is, is making it important even to, um, you know, the regular guys that played uh, a different position and now they've got to also play on a special teams. That's sometimes the hardest thing to do is get that buy-in from guys that are – offensive lineman and now you want him to go play on your special teams well he got that buy-in and he, <clears throat> he helped uh you know show the importance of that to the entire team in every nfl locker room or meeting room i've been in the whole team minus the quarterbacks stay for a special teams meeting the whole team every single person well i say they all play it don't they i mean Pretty much every offensive Larry, lineman's on PAT field goal. Every defensive guy is going to play on a special team. Larry Fitzgerald does not cover punts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, I mean, it, it's – yeah, I mean, but, yeah, like you said, the other offensive lineman on PAT and offensive lineman on kickoff, right? It, it, it is um, a third of the game, but, you know, everybody comes together to um, – when it comes to special teams. How long were your guys' special teams meetings in the NFL? Um, some were more uh, – were run more efficiently than others. I'll say that. But um, <laughs> That's nice. Problem. And, you know, there's, there's overkill in, 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 in some capacity, I think, too. Um, but, you know, during the week, 45 minutes, 45 minutes. And then, you know, when you're in camp – Training camp, you have a 45-minute one, one in the morning and then a 45-minute one at night um, and stuff. So it's tough to, to break it up and, and whatnot, but there's always something to go over, especially when you're trying to teach guys proper technique and, you know, you're taking guys from college into the NFL or, or whatever, and you got to kind of – the rules are a little bit different. So it's pretty interesting. But it it, it is cool to be around guys like, who have been around special teams for a long time and they know their stuff pretty well. It's pretty cool. It is. Uh, well, just kind of leaving you off on, on a last couple of things, Richie, uh, if you could talk to a high school coach and you you are, you're talking to two of them, but you could talk to a high school coach, um, you know, a guy that doesn't know much about the kicking and punting game uh, and maybe even just as a person, a kicker or, or a punter, what would you tell these coaches to help, help these kickers and punters that maybe they don't know even the psyche that goes into it. They don't know, they don't know much. They just want to get a good tidbit from this podcast of, of how to help out their special teams uh, specialists. Um, with their specialists, I mean, you know, just offer up, uh, offer up resources. I mean, a lot of these kickers and punters, they're going to, they're going to seek out their coach McCabe's or coach Jamie Coles, whatever. They might have somebody that they work with technique wise. Um, you know, I know there's a, a million different coaching styles, but I've never I've I've only had one coach, special teams coach, that was a screamer and a yeller at me, and I did not respond well to that. That does not go hand in hand with kickers and punters at all. Um, so I would, if, uh, if anybody, if there's coaches out there that do that, that's not a way to bring out the best in a punter and a kicker, and um, you know, the, so that, um, offer up resources, you know, just be there for somebody, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's very delicate, I guess you could say. It's like dealing with a golfer, um, a pitcher almost 
because we are a little bit different, you know, even though we're trying not to come off as different. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just say, I, I always had coaches that were hands off, hands off on me. And then that's when I performed my best. So, so yelling, come on, make the kick doesn't, doesn't help you help a kicker any. <laughs> yeah. When you're, when you got the whole team standing around screaming at the person in a pressure situation, you're squirting water bottles at them. Like that is, I've talked to a lot of guys and people are like, I can't believe people do that. That is just outrageous. You know, you're not, you're not, no, it's not, it's not working. <laughs> not helping. I, not helping. You say that, that the screamers and stuff aren't good for the specialists. I, I, you know, I'm sure there are a few good coaches out there that are screamers, but from what I've found in, in most of coaching, it, it's not good. It's not really great at any position. You know, there's a time to raise your voice and maybe to scream, but for the most part, kids don't react to that real well in general. They, they want someone, you said it about specialists, but it's really about any, any position. Uh, kids want someone that cares about them and someone that wants what's best for them. And, and very rarely is that, you know, screaming at a, at a high school kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And people say, well, if I'm not yelling at you, then, then that means I've given up on you. And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's not what I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Just coach me. All right. That'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Hands off approach. Seek out people that can help you with technique be disciplined in doing your drills because the drills are the things that take you from, you know, this level to the next level. That's really what it is. It is the little things that add up. And then, uh, believer in that. and then the last thing, Richie, I just wanted to, I, it's kind of something I ask everybody and it might going to be putting you on the spot a little bit, but um, you've been around football a lot. You've watched, uh, I'm sure just millions of hours of film. When you do watch, you, you see an offensive line, which they're hard to watch. I know, but, when you do see an offensive line, uh, what would they be doing that was really good that would make you think highly of them or their coach? I don't know. I see, I see a lot of offensive linemen hustling, man. And I tell you what, they, they hustle and they run by the kickers and they get so mad. They get so mad. But a lot of the kickers and punters and offensive linemen are, 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 are good friends, I think. You know, I had, a, I had the pleasure – my favorite offensive lineman besides you, Rowdy, is um, is Richie Incognito, and I um, I was I was out training in Arizona, and um, he was in my workout group, and that dude is an animal in the weight room. He's fa- he's faster than me. He is faster than me. <laughs> you know, seeing the work ethic and athleticism um, in that guy was was really cool, eye opening. We share the same name. He's actually uh, junior. So he's Richie Jr. I'm Richard the third. And so I used to call him Junior and um, you know, kind of make make fun of him in that regard. But he's uh in no way a junior. He's way, way, way bigger <laughs> and scarier than I am. No, I mean I I think you got good you guys got good hustle, man. You guys got good hustle, good attitude. That's great. I, I would love to talk to, to Richie. He's the Richie Jr. Um, you know, he's one that I went to a clinic and one of his coaches from, I can't remember where he coached, maybe at Miami, you know, talked about how, how good of an athlete he was and how good of an offensive lineman and technician he is. So um, I'm sure that maybe I'll reach out to him. Maybe, maybe he'll be the, uh, the most, fam- the, the most famous guy to be on the podcast beside you, Rowdy. Well, he'd, <laughs> he'd still, he'd still be the second most famous Richie in our book, man. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's all that matters. I appreciate that, guys. I really, I re- I appreciate what you guys are doing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a listener. I don't even listen to music while I work out. I listen to podcasts only. This is a part of my arsenal. You guys are real, you know, enlightening me, and it's good to hear from all these uh, high school coaches uh, around the country. It's, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. That's awesome. Well, well, thanks for calling in, Richie. Man, uh, I love having you yeah, on. I want to hear from you again. I, I want a will. I want a will block. Uh, block for food T-shirt. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll make sure that you get one. <laughs> from the Houston days. Yeah, that's right. For the, some of the Scott Street vets. That's right. Well, that's right. Richie, I hope you get a you get a, a punting gig, man. We'll be pulling for you. You got you got some fans now in Iowa. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, good chatting with you. One love. Take it easy. Talk to you guys soon. That's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank our sponsors, Team Attack Academy and Audible. Go get your free audiobook at rtpbook.com. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. 
Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it'll allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.